1: not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is for you to become your best by calling you in to the arena of manhood, calling you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and calling you up to your absolute best version of you. Because when you get it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode.
0: Men in the Arena Army, we, we salute, salute you. you. Guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena Podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with our producer, co-host, and friend Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? I'm doing excelente muy bien. Okay, <laughs> just throwing that <laughs> out there. Well, hey, man, I don't know why you're talking Spanish. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Poorly I to, to teach me, things. But uh, hey, I'm excited <laughs> about our guest today. Uh, we've got him live and in the uh, in the studio, and he in the flesh. Uh, in the flesh. <laughs> he experienced uh, near death and tragedy twice. Came back from it twice. Maybe three and, times. Man, <laughs> yeah, once, twice, three times. No, just right. kidding. Anyway, <laughs> uh, on the Men in the Arena Facebook forum in August of 2018, a prayer request went across for Corey. Uh, he was in a he was at the brink of death, and thousands of you guys prayed for him. His story is incredible. I want to bring him on today. But before we do, do you have a man a word for me today? Yeah, you're going to
1: love it too. My word is known. That's your man word? Yeah, it's known. Because I can't use a, a phrase... Or uh, multiple words or hyphenation. I use the word "known." A man should be known and not be anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. Oh, got it. I, that came to me today. I'm like, oh, that is, so that is good. good. Yeah, yeah it's like okay it. to be known, and don't just hide out and
0: uh, yeah, get out there and do something to be known. Yeah. Put be uh, be willing to be something on display. good. Be on display. Yeah. Guys should be on display. Men should be on display. Not and, because and, of your uh, photo in the newspaper because you got arrested. No. But something and, but, great. And, and, and not for your own glory. Right. You're, you're to be on display to put God on... And put, to, book it on, to book it, <laughs> That threw me off a little bit. You're to be on display to put God on display. Right. That's a man's role. And so, hey, man, that's a good word. I like that a lot. Hey, uh, do you have any review shout-outs for us today? Pastor Dredd. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is
1: Pastor Wes... Uh, at, here in town. Uh, it's Pastor Dreads is his name. And he says... That there he... is no Pastor Wes here in town. Oh, okay. Not a youth pastor? Oh! oh he has dreadlocks, so I'm wondering. Uh, but he said this show is uh, top-notch, and he thinks that you don't beat around the corner, I would say, Bush, but... Uh, you don't beat around that. You tell it like it is, and Dale is hilarious. Oh wow! So hey, we want to give you some swag. If the, whoever you are, um, if you are Pastor Dreads, you need to send us a picture that shows us that you truly have Dreads, or otherwise you can't be Pastor Dreads. Just saying.
0: Oh, that's wow! Look who's not beating around the corner now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> holy or, cow!
1: Or the bushy hair.
0: Oh yeah. Well, hey, I want to brag about today's guest. We have our uh, friend, new friend, Corey Davis in the studio with us. He's 37 years old. He's from Sheridan, Oregon, via Dayville, yeah. Oregon. Oh, yeah. Married to his beautiful wife, Chrissy, for five years. And uh, hey, Corey, I haven't told you about this, but we're going to throw you into our rapid fire round. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So, Sounds So good. I figure if you can survive a shipwreck, you can survive this. So <laughs> what I've done is I've picked some would you rather questions okay so all you gotta do is pick one or the other just just
2: just a warning though with with the brain injury i haven't been rapid for a while so <laughs> well, as long as you're not rabid yeah well, okay true okay True.
0: here we go would you rather die for your wife or die for a child
2: i think me and my wife uh would both agree on this would be a child
0: really yeah oh see my wife would both agree we would die for each other okay so that's interesting.
2: Well, my my wife uh she does so much to help children. That's pretty much her life right now that oh. like we're kind of all about the kids. So,
0: okay, all right. All right. So, next one, these are all life or death things too. Just okay. cuz I just felt like it's, it's appropriate. This the theme, right? Yeah. yeah. Would you rather live a boring long life or a short heroic death?
2: Uh, well, um probably short heroic death. Just that's kind of Kind of who I am, but uh, you know, it, it, heroic implies that uh, that I accomplished something, and I think that's important. So,
0: well, and even in you recounting your story from this summer, I mean, a lot of your problems are because you're trying to save other people. You didn't say that, but mm-hmm. I'm going, Oh, you could have saved yourself there. Oh, you could have saved yourself there. So, uh, you were kind of going for the heroic short life deal.
2: My, my <laughs>
0: wife brings that up
2: actually, <laughs> but uh, it. <laughs> just in the moment you're
0: you just you're not thinking you're just helping people that's just how it is it's just a part of your nature at yeah. that point so yeah would you rather live forever but have all the ones you love die or live a year with all the people you love live a year with all the people i love okay yeah i love it last one if you lived your life over again so you you get to come back and live on this planet would you rather live sometime in the past or would you rather want to live sometime in the future? And explain your answer. Um.
2: Huh. Uh that is a very hard question because um I could take the easy way out and be like, everybody I love isn't right now, so I would like to live right now. But uh but I actually I think I would like to live in the past. I think just just the whole uh well, I don't know because showering back then wasn't really a big thing. But uh I I don't know. I I grew up around cowboys. I grew up kind of in the whole western thing. So uh I think it'd be kinda of cool to see how that was actually how that actually happened. Not
0: uh how it's portrayed on T V, but Yeah, it isn't the theme of Dayville, that, that region journey to the past. Um I think like that? on the
2: sign outside Dayville it says our fossils um Oh, that's right. Our fossils. Oh man, brain injury. Uh, something about our our fossils are still alive and well, or something yeah, like I've that. I've
0: seen the sign. Yeah, I've seen the sign. Yeah, we had deer hunting there this year. Coming back, I had a cup of coffee in Daville and it right by that sign. So, gotcha. Hey, Corey, in five minutes, tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, your personal life, things you enjoy, hobbies, anything else you'd like us to know.
2: Um. <clears throat> my life is kind of an open book right now but uh pretty much what me and my wife do is uh we we run a celebrate recovery there in sheridan um and uh it's kind of just just helping people uh before the accident um uh i i'm i'm way into cars i'm way into anything that goes fast uh uh hunting fishing you know hanging out with friends all that stuff uh i I really haven't been able to do much of that stuff since uh since the whole boat thing but uh but yeah right now just ministry pretty much takes takes care of most of the free time so and you're not cleared to go back to work yet correct no no and that's because of the kidney failure uh actually right now so my Kidneys um, made a miraculous recovery at, uh, up to this point. Um, in fact, my atheist doctor had to use the word miraculous, and I don't think she was uh, happy about that. Uh, but my my kidneys are fine right now. Okay. Um, so I, I got hit in the head pretty hard. I got a brain injury. Um, I'm at about 30% retention. I have an inner ear injury. Um, my left eye doesn't track with my right eye um, all the time. Um, and I have nerve damage in my legs um, and uh, possibly some injuries in my neck and lower back as well. Is the nerve damage from the freezing water temps? Uh, they don't... They Well, um, they think it was a combination of the freezing water temps, the fact that um, my body shut down the lower half of itself, mm-hmm. and uh, the lack of blood flow to my legs caused the muscles to kind of die a little bit. So... um so it was kind of a combination of a bunch of different things,
0: but wow. yeah. Well, let's, let's start off with how did you get the job that led up to this accident? Right. Um, so, uh,
2: my, my buddy, I call him my uncle, uh, Jimmy Brunson. He owns the, well, he owned the FV alert, um, which is a 56 foot saining vessel. Um, and, uh, my whole family is crude for him. My dad has crewed for him. My uncles have crewed for him. All my cousins have crewed for him. It was just basically my turn uh We had just gotten laid off a job up in portland um uh, building a uh apartment complex and uh, I didn't have any Anything going at the time My brother called me and said What are you doing? I said nothing He's like good You're going fishing Uncle Jimmy said so And I was like Okay I guess that's what I'm doing uh, So we went up to Alaska And uh, I learned how to be a saner And to be a skiff guy
0: What's a saner?
2: A uh, saner is the type of, uh, of vessel And the the way that we fish uh, Basically you're stretching a net out Between two boats and then uh, And then reeling it in It's pretty it's, it's just the I think it's the type of net that they use. Okay, okay, uh-huh. and you were the skiff guy. The skiff guy, yep. I drove the little boat. So t- explain what that means. So um, I launch off and uh, head to the shore, basically, and I hold and I hold there um, as he takes the big boat and goes deeper into the ocean, uh, stretch the net out. We hold there for the fish to collect, and then I circle up and pass the rope off to the big boat. Um, and then I hook up to the big boat and I keep it from going to the shore as they reel in the, the,
0: uh, fishing net. So you start off close to shore and yeah. then he goes out to ocean and it gets pretty hairy even that close, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was,
2: uh, it was definitely, uh, kind of these hold on to your pants and pray
0: type deals, but, uh, it, it was awesome. I loved Do it. Do you have moments when you're passing by the boat? where you're actually, like, above the boat in the waves? I mean, how do you control the boat?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) it's, It's one of those things. Yeah, when the waves start hitting to about six to eight feet, you go above the boat, and then the other boat's above you, and you're trying to hand this line off to these guys that are standing off to the side, and it just... It gets absolutely insane. I don't know. Uh, I prayed and I did my best, and we <laughs> we made it happen. Uh, apparently, I did okay because I got offers to come back. So, <laughs> do you hand,
0: like hand the rope off like with your hand, or do you have yeah. like a stick? No, like, you, so, hand, you hand you So, it so off you're that your close to the boat. Yeah, yeah. because that's that's a lot of control with a lot of surf going up and down.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I I <laughs> I put one scratch in the boat. Um, Jimmy was not happy with me about that, but uh, but I think uh, I think I did all right. But uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. I don't know. You just
0: kind of line it up and pray. <laughs> well, well, Jimmy's probably not going to be a lot happy, very happy with the whole story. No. So no. Uh, why don't you tell us? So you you fished all summer. Yeah. Three months. Three months, and the summer's over. Yep. And tell us what happened next.
2: So we were on our way back. Uh, We were taking the inside straight uh, by uh, Canada, um, right off Victoria Island, I believe. And uh, all of a sudden, our engine gives out. Um, So our buddy's boat uh, pulled up next to us. We tied up to them, and uh, we started working on it, found out our fuel pump had had blown out a piece on the fuel pump had blown out and uh it was the one piece on the boat we didn't have to replace. now
0: you're you're heading from alaska back down to seattle correct yes, that is correct so you're floating you're adrift in the ocean yep you have this other ship with with you you guys mm-hmm. traveled in twos yeah for safety's sake exactly and so now they are they are moored up next to you parallel to you exactly like like a pirate boarding a pirate ship exactly. i just want to get a word picture here. no one okay so you're tied up you realize it's a fuel pump issue continue okay so um
2: so they continued to tow us on there was really nothing else we could do um we didn't have the part to fix it and the part on the other boat uh wasn't the same they didn't have the same engine so um so they were trying to tow us to some place that so we could get the boat fixed uh we couldn't tow him in front and us behind because we had our skiffs tied up onto the back of the boats. Uh, so we were conti- we were side by side, tied up and going, it was beautiful blue skies, just amazing weather. Uh, we were having fun. We were smoking fish on the back of the boat. Uh, we were going slower than we wanted to. Is that
0: legal? But, Can you smoke fit? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a question. It's hard to keep them lit though. <laughs> I, is it? Is it? Oh, geez, it's hard to fit them in the pipe. Yeah, exactly. So here's a question. <laughs> Was that the fatal error of this trip, towing side by side? To me, that seems like a, duh. I mean, I realize you had the boats, but these are little 12-foot skiffs. Can't you tie them on to the stern of the boat and and then and then tow? Or was it just more of a pain than it was worth? I mean, it seems like that was a major mistake. Well, hindsight is always twenty 20 um, I'm just wondering, do you right, think it was a
2: mistake? At the time... <sighs> I, th- I think my lawyers are going to ask me to refrain from okay, that Okay, don't answer question that question. Uh, the, the, I didn't know there moment. were lawyers involved, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, don't answer um, that question. Uh, but uh, <laughs> So
0: so anyway, you're you're side-by-side
2: side being towed. Yeah, it, it's the perfect storm, really. It, it, it would have been fine, except the weather changed. And all of a sudden, it went from beautiful blue skies to six- to eight-foot waves um, with the wind just ripping. And uh, the boat started smacking together right and we, we're we all scrambling we're grabbing ropes and we're trying to tie them tighter but there's there's just no way and then all of a sudden the line start snapping right and flopping around um it was me and two guys on the deck at the time uh our our other guy was all the way downstairs looking for a part i believe and uh And when the rope started snapping and flapping around, I grabbed the two guys, and we ran in the galley, because one of them almost got hit by a rope, and I wasn't looking to see anybody get injured.
0: (laughs) He almost got hit by a rope. What
2: is So a rope snapped, the rope that was holding the two boats together snapped, Uh and it flipped around, and he dropped, and it went right over where his head was.
0: So how powerful was the force of that rope?
2: I I think it would have taken his head off personally. Really? Yeah. No, like... It, it it scared me. So I was like, no, we got to get away from this. So we went into the galley. Um, and I'd say about three minutes later, we hear this loud crack. And my buddy that's all the way downstairs, he clears the, <laughs> the ladder in one jump and lands. He goes, we're screwed. And we're like, what do you mean? He's like, that is the hole that just snapped. We're taking water. We're going down and it 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 was one of those moments where like everything slows down like we all just kind of paused and we all just kind of looked at each other right and uh and nobody moved and i was like we got to get out of this galley how many is we so there's a total of five of us all together uh four crew and the captain okay 56 foot boat yeah um So the captain's up in the wheelhouse and there's four of us in the galley and we decide that uh, we need to get out of the galley now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I call them the youngsters. It was a 19 and 20 year old. They ran out first. Um, I didn't get to see this for what I heard uh, from other people is that, uh, they either got hit by a wave or fell off the back of the boat, but they held on to a buoy. So they had something to float on. Um, And then my buddy, Ty, he walked out right in front. I was right on his heels. And uh, the boat, at this point, the lines that were holding the boats together snapped. And the boat flipped on its side. And the sliding door slid shut
0: and locked in front of me. So is the... Sorry. Is the... So the boat is upright, and now it's, all of a sudden it's on its side. Yeah. It just went from upright to on its side, and how fast? Uh, uh, milliseconds? I oh, really? It just yeah, tipped like that?
2: Just tip. I was stepping to g- walk through the door, and then all of a sudden I was into the stove. And, and he was
0: in front of you, and he got out the door.
2: He got out the door, and I went to step through, and then all of a sudden I was, I, was, uh, I was thrown against the stove, and the door had slid shut.
0: It's like a horror movie.
2: Yeah. And then uh the table had come free and and uh and basically pinned me to the stove. And uh and the water was up to my ears at that point cuz I was on my back and uh I was I didn't know what to do, right? Like what do you do in this situation? The door's locked. Um the other door's submerged. Uh I I'm I'm uh on my back getting pinned down by this table and I think that's the end of my story. This is where I die, right? And, and you're thinking this, it's over. Y- yeah, this it, it's over. There's there's no other play I can make right now. Is is basically what what came into my mind. And then uh I, it was really weird cuz I got this like euphoric like acceptance feeling, right? And that scared me how quick that came. Mm. And uh and I saw my wife's face and I saw my kids' face and I got angry that I was gonna just give up. Right? And so I threw this table off of me and I waded over to this door and I just started punching it. Um I put a couple holes in it, I was able to make hand these hand uh basically a hole to get my hand through and then i was able to slide the door up and uh but unfortunately the water started
0: cascading in how high of, is the water now you're on the side of the boat walking how you said you waded through the water
2: well uh yeah no i'm in the galley yeah i i punched through the door um i get it open at this point the water's probably up to my waist
0: Oh, so this this boat is going down yeah
2: okay yeah and, and, and i'm at a slant too oh wow yeah yeah so um so I, I get the door open the water's cascading in um I'm trying to pull myself through the water uh that's cascading in and it took me about three tries to get through um and on the third try I'm giving it all I got and then all of a sudden something equalized out and I was able to pop through and I pop up and my buddy's standing on this it, it's a deck winch um and uh and he's freaking out and uh I was able to climb up on the deck wench we hear the we hear the captain yelling from the from the wheelhouse uh He was able to break out the back windows and climb out uh, but he got caught up in some uh fishing poles that we had stashed up there and so I was able to climb up onto the side of the boat and run up to the wheelhouse and then I was able to pull him out um and then he was able to uh flip the the lever to release the safety raft and we got him into the safety raft and i'll never forget this because i put him in the safety raft he grabs two life jackets and he turns to me and he's like going to hand them to me and this wave comes from behind us and hits him and takes him and the safety raft and the life jackets out to sea (laughs) and me and my buddy are still standing on this boat going uh
0: could it get any worse right
2: um now at this point the boat's all the way submerged um I was able to free a we call it a kayak it we're very generous in giving it that uh that name um it was this piece (laughs) of plastic that leaked and we could only fit one of us on it um but so I was able to get my buddy onto the kayak uh the other boat was coming towards us they had circled around and picked up the two uh the two youngsters that were the first ones off the boat Um, And they were coming back towards us. I pointed the kayak at the boat and pushed it. Now, I don't know if anybody had a girlfriend in high school that made them watch Titanic 300 times like mine did. Um, (laughs) But, you know, thankfully I remembered, oh, this boat has suction because it's going down Mm -hmm. and I got to get away from this thing, right? By this point, I'm standing on the side of the boat, but the water's up past my chest. And... So I, uh, I took off swimming towards, uh, the rescue boat and, uh, and I didn't make it the, the suction from the boat going under, um, took me under and I, I just, I remember my vision tunneling. I remember that calm feeling coming on me again and, uh, and it scared me again. I I didn't want to accept it. I, so I just started kicking as hard as I could, um, and it felt like forever just kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking and i'm wearing actually this not this sweatshirt but one exactly like it a uh, carhartt sweatshirt and sweatpants and these big rubber Heavy. boots oh yeah and uh everything's yeah and i'm just kicking and kicking and kicking and i finally break through the water and i take this giant breath and i'm looking at this 56 foot sanding vessel coming off an eight foot wave and coming right down at my head and I'm, so
0: now you you've just survived two near death experiences. <laughs> yeah. Now you're gonna get crushed by a ship.
2: Yeah. And I I just remember, like, I, it had to look so pathetic because I remember just trying to do this like side arm, like paddle thing trying to get out of the way, but there was no way it was gonna happen. And just like, are you kidding me right now? And then uh, and then the next thing I remember, I'm getting thrown up against the side of the hull by a wave. Um, I smacked my face on the hull, and I, it kind of jarred me awake. And it, it was for a split second, I was like, what's going on? And then I started to slide under the I was getting sucked under the boat, and I knew that I didn't want to end up in the propellers. So I was able to get my feet up and kind of wedge myself against the hull uh, to keep from getting sucked under. And then I heard my buddy's voice. He was uh, on the deck, and he was uh, yelling for me. And so I kicked off the hole and he saw me and he was able to throw me down uh, a life ring. And uh and that just that feeling right there of whew, like finally, right? But then I, I look up and uh my other buddy that I sent over on the kayak uh was holding on to these two pieces of rope that were hanging off this boat. Um and and he didn't look like he was doing too good. So I swam over there and I grabbed onto the rope and I gave him the life ring and they pulled him up. And then uh, and then they tried to throw me another life ring, but at this point I'd been in the water for about 20 to 25 minutes. And uh, and the water's about 30 degrees. And so my body kind of locked up and I kind of had a death grip on these, on these lines and I could not let go. And so I'm going up about six to eight feet in the air coming back down getting splashed in the water going back up getting splashed and uh they're like let go of the ropes and i'm like i'm trying (laughs) uh but i finally was able to get my left hand free i hooked the life ring got it up over my neck uh i had used my left hand to pry my right hand free and then kick off and then they were able to pull me up on the boat
0: and everything's fine and you're happily ever after oh
2: yeah yeah no
0: um so
2: (laughs) (laughs) so uh got up on the boat we waited uh they called the coast guard the canadian coast guard let me let me clarify that they they called the canadian coast guard um we were told to stand by that they were coming out to get us uh and then we waited for two hours Uh, we got a call back uh that said that they did a flyover of the area the downed vessel was not leaking fuel and that was all that they cared about and that we could continue on to Seattle um so I spent the next 36 hours in the hole uh puking my guts out um at the time we thought maybe I'd swallowed a bunch of seawater or something concussion. yeah concussion we, we weren't exactly sure um got to bandage up my arms and and stuff and luckily um I had a buddy on that boat who uh uh, he, what, he was an ex-Army medic. Hmm. So he was taking care of me the whole time. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, like, you know, coincidence. Wow. <laughs> yeah, God had, had a plan. He was looking out for me. But uh, so we may it to Seattle. Um, apparently, so my wife was there. And her side of the story, she says that when we pulled up to the dock, Three of the guys came out and found her and brought her, and they were like, So he's going to need to go to the hospital. This is what's going on. Because I called my wife right after it happened, and I kind of downplayed the whole thing. I was like, The boat's saying, I need everybody's okay. You know, we're going to be all right. We'll be there at this time. And uh, I don't think she's forgiven me for that yet. But uh, uh, (laughs) so she gets there, and apparently she'd been on the boat for about 10 minutes before I realized that she was there. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, Hey, and she's like, we need to get you to the hospital now. And so we get to the hospital and (laughs) the look on the reception lady's face is just priceless. What do you mean? Your boat (laughs) said, right? Like, why didn't the coast guard bring you? I don't know. (laughs) You know, like, uh, so they get me in, they start doing all these tests and then, and then apparently they got my blood work back and they realized I was in full kidney failure. And that's when everybody started moving with purpose. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I spent eight days in the ICU. I had to go through dialysis twice. and uh, But yeah, my kidneys came back on. I'm technically the eighth documented case in the world where I technically drowned that ended in kidney failure, but I did not die.
0: Wow. Hey, we're going to take a short break and come back after we hear from our sponsor. The Men in the Arena is a nonprofit organization with a mission to help men become their best version and change their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts and every man in the arena matters. Our closed Facebook forum for men, appropriately called Men in the Arena, is a great way for you to dialogue about manhood with men from around the world. There we have lively discussions on every topic of manhood imaginable. Join that group today. Hey, because of my passion to see men get out of the bleachers, into the arena, I want to offer a free resource to all men who visit our website at meninthearena.org. Simply give us your email, we'll send you a PDF copy of the field guide. This is my 365-day bathroom book for men. It's a study of manly words in the Bible, illustrated with great stories. This is a great resource for all of our arena men. Guys, you're going to love this book. Men, the stakes are high. The pressure is on. Do you hear the roars of those you love and those in the anonymous bleachers pleading for you to get in the arena today? Because when you get it, everyone wins. Now, back to our episode. Okay, so you you came back. You're one of eight reported cases uh, who did not die from this type of event. What is your takeaway, Corey? Where are you at? That was uh, eight months ago? Eight months ago, yeah. What? Where are you at now, man? That's, that's not too long ago. Where are you at in this process? So
2: right now I got pretty much every kind of doctor and rehabilitation specialist you can have. Uh, my days consist of going to Portland and doing physical therapy and cognitive therapy and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Um, just doctor's appointments. Um, my let's see here they've taken me as far for my inner ear injury and my uh my eyes my they've taken me as far as they can basically it's just going to take time for those to come back um my brain injury um it's making progress um that just takes time as well i guess
0: yeah i think it was more severe than you played it to be you were out. How long do you think you're out when that boat hits you? How long do you think you're out before you woke up? and even did you get knocked unconscious when the stove fell on you i don't I don't think I got knocked
2: unconscious when when I got thrown into the stove. Um I think I got days pretty good, but uh but I don't know how long I was out
0: when when I got hit by the boat, but it was severe enough. you're vomiting the whole way home. I'm imagining. I'm assuming that was a result of the traumatic brain injury. Uh, it was a combination of the traumatic brain injury, being in kidney failure. Oh,
2: okay, okay, um, all of it, pretty much. Um, they're, they're still trying to piece together. They don't know what's wrong with my legs as far as the uh, the nerve damage. Um, like, so for for us the or for the guys that lift weights, when you do leg day the third day out when your legs are just aching and just horrible mm-hmm. that's how my legs feel all the time
0: hmm. wow
2: um, it, it's, it's not horrible in the mornings but by by 6-7 o'clock I can barely walk so oh, man. and they haven't figured they haven't figured that out yet so I actually got to go to another specialist next week in Salem and they got to start running tests on that and stuff
0: too so oh man yeah. So how is your marriage different and how do you parent different since this event? Ooh, good questions. Um, you know,
2: there, there's always two ways to look at a tragic event like this, right? You can be negative about it or you can be positive about it. There it's, and and we're trying to choose to be positive about it no matter what. Um, I know my doctors are. They keep asking me. They're like, a lot of people that are going through what you're going through suffered from depression from this, right? And uh, and they're like, you don't. What? What's the difference? And I'm like, well, I, I'm choosing to believe that God saved me for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. That um, that. Okay, so, yeah, I'm pretty messed up right now, and I'm in a lot of pain right now. But as far as I'm concerned, it's better off than being dead which i should be so god's got me here for a reason um and i'm just very thankful for that mm-hmm. um and i'm staying very positive about it and like as far as my wife like i love her so much she <laughs> she she has to work full time now i can't work um and the insurance i think is giving me like 50 bucks a day to live off of right now so like she, when you're the breadwinner, and then your wife has to take on that role. Plus, yeah. she's a pastor. Plus, she volunteers at all this. Other, like, it's, it's definitely put stress on our relationship. Yeah. But we are very thankful to God that uh, that I'm still alive. Pretty much. So, so we make sure that we're communicating. Uh, communication is always the key, but especially when in high stress. Um, yeah. So we're always communicating we're always talking it through um and we got people in our lives that are just amazing as far as my kids and parenting um i mean it it, it's starting to get back to normal but they almost lost their dad you know so Uh like so to be honest like parenting has been awesome for the last couple months (laughs) because if i ask them to do something they're like oh yeah no problem (laughs) you know um but we're starting to get back into the normal swing of things Teenagers. Their disobedience. Uh, yeah, teenagers. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: How have your perspectives changed? Um, you know,
2: it, it's, very, it's very humbling knowing that God has a plan for you, right? And, like, right now I keep asking for him to, to show me what that is, and I keep getting the wait, I'm going to show you type mm-hmm. thing, and waiting has never been... One of my strong <laughs> suits yeah. ever. Um, so I'm growing in that spec too. But uh but it's very humbling knowing that that God saved me for something and like I'm it's kind of exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um I, I I'm looking forward to see what God has in store. But uh but yeah, no, I'm just trying to just stay positive, buddy. That's just that's
0: what's driving me right now. So here's a, here's something I'm thinking about. What are the, what are the perspectives of the other four men on your craft about this event? Have they given you any feedback or, uh, have you guys collaborated the stories as far as what happened and, and how it played out? Um, not as far as the boat going down, but just, you know, guys in the water and how that all played out.
2: Um, I love my guys, man. They're, they're awesome. Uh, luckily they suffered no injuries at all uh i i took the brunt of pretty much everything um i now i i'm sure like because i i was diagnosed with ptsd over this um which is probably the most annoying thing about this whole thing Mm -hmm. is the not being able to sleep and waking up from nightmares Mm -hmm. and stuff but uh and i think they they've suffered some of that as well um, but luckily, they they have no injury. They're just thankful that, that I'm alive, too. And we're all just thankful that everybody got out okay. Because that's not usually the story. But, I mean, that you think about that boat that just went down, what was it, a couple months ago off the Oregon coast? Yeah. Just, like, close to shore, too. Like, and nobody made it out. And the captain got stuck in the boat, too. And yeah. Like, like it, it's just, it's sad. And it's... Well, like, because the boat sank in seven minutes. Right? So there's not a lot of time for for figuring stuff out or, you, you know, you got to make a decision and go with it. And if that's the wrong decision, then... Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you need to have it figured out ahead of time yeah. in no, case it ever happens, right? 100%. But how do you do that when you're a skiff guy who just got hired three months before?
2: One Okay, so uh, honestly, my grandfather was amazing and he used to run scenarios with me like if your car goes off of uh off of a bridge you land in the water like like okay so your doors aren't going to open right and like you have to wait till the pressure equalizes like that's what was going through my head when i was trying to figure out the door thing and like punch through it my grandpa was amazing like that he he was a very analytical and very one of the smartest people i've ever met in my life and he would run scenarios with me like what do you do in these situations right hmm. and and i lost him two years ago and yeah i i i credit him for surviving this pretty much that's what it came down to huh. now is he from dayville uh no he's from new york actually oh, syracuse wow. um uh, but he was the uh the
1: principal of dayville school well mm-hmm. there you go District. you live out there you learn yeah. how to survive right. you start
0: thinking on your toes yeah <laughs> well and you gotta thank your ex-girlfriend Who would have thought that watching Titanic isn't a man law violation? (laughs) Right? No. Okay. (laughs) Who would have thought that it's not a man law violation? So uh, the first time I watched that movie
2: um, was at the Silverton uh, uh, movie theater, and I fell asleep, right? And I fell asleep during the movie, and I woke up... You know when that guy jumps off the back, and they hits the propeller, and it goes ding, uh-huh, right? Yeah, it does yeah. this flip thing. And I woke up and saw that, and I started laughing in the middle of the theater. And everybody just
1: turns and looks at me like I'm just this horrible person. And That is so funny, because I did the same thing, and my <laughs> wife nudged me, and I'm like, that's funny. Uh, we're terrible people. Yes,
0: 100%. That <laughs> wasn't real.
1: That didn't really happen.
0: Oh, gosh. that. Well, you know, it's really interesting, because- as I think about this, do you see any acts of heroism through this event? Were there any heroic acts in your opinion? Um,
2: I mean, everybody worked together to get, get the job done. Like, um, yeah, my, uh, my buddy who who was, I think he was a Lance Corporal in the military, and he, he was the, uh, he was an Army medic, and he, it was his first year, and he was traveling on the boat that traveled with us, and he took care of all of us. and Because like, when I first got on the boat, I, uh, I went to pass out, and he put a tourniquet on me, and he kept cranking it, and it kept me from from going out. And he's like, I can't let you lose consciousness. But I'm like, get this thing off me. <laughs> he's like, No, I won't do he it. He put a what a tourniquet on on you? my arm because when he was so you had that up, bad
0: of a injury. It
2: it wasn't I I did have a pretty pretty good injury, but uh, it, it wasn't bad enough that it needed a tourniquet. I was passing out. I was in shock, and I was going out. And he knew that it would bring me out of that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, because he would seen trauma before. So well, it's really interesting. On the Titanic, we talk about the Titanic. We were laughing. But uh, of, of that on that ship, 1,347 people died, and only 103 were women. So in that event, the men went down with the ship. Even mm-hmm. though in the movie, it wrongly portrayed uh, the cowardice of the men, which is, gotta love Hollywood for that. But I, I thought it was interesting t- because you had, in, in my opinion, I, I heard of three acts of heroism on this event. I'm just wondering if your crewmates have shared this with you. First of all, you let the two youngsters go out first. So, so so they went out first. So essentially, you if they were the last ones on the ship, probably one of them would have died. Probably. Uh, you went and saved the captain, who was drowning. And then you let your buddy, you know, you tell your buddies, don't leave me hanging. Literally, <laughs> literally you had a buddy hanging, and you didn't leave him hanging. And he was in a bad spot. So I thought I'm listening to this story saying there are three acts of heroism in the story. But do your buddies see that, or is it just kind of, hey, we're all working together to get this thing done?
2: Um I We haven't really talked
0: about that. Yeah. No. Well, I and you it- didn't portray it as acts of heroism. You just you just said, oh blah, 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 let the two youngsters go out first because they're younger. Oh, the captain was tangled up, so I let my buddy go. Then I went, I pushed him off in the kayak and went to save the captain. And, oh, then my buddy was on the rope, and he was struggling, so I th- gave him my life preserver. Then I got crushed by the ship. I'm, You know, I'm, I mean, I'm just hearing these – nobody's really said anything about that to you. Just – okay. No. All right. Well, that's – you know, it's really interesting. I've done a lot of – I'm kind of passionate about World War II and the men who fought in World War II, and none of them call themselves heroes. In fact, they're offended by it uh, because they lived, and there's a lot of guilt around that. Yeah. And nobody died in your event. But it, it seems like th- you have some acts that seem to me like clear acts of heroism, yet you don't recognize them. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like,
2: like, it was just automatic reaction. This yeah. is what you do. You help the people around, especially when you were eating, living, breathing in a dangerous situation for a long period of time with guys. like You all have each other's back. There's no...
0: Like, it's, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm just, I No, I'm just processing this with you because I'm like going, is it just what you do? Or is there something innate in a guy who has a perspective of it's just what you do? I'm just wondering because for you it's just what you do. But I look at 24 million children that will go to bed tonight without a biological father in the home. I look at 40% of kids or 50% of kids from divorced families won't see their dad for an entire year. So it isn't just like that. It, it's
2: how it should be. Uh, in agreed. my opinion, that's how agreed. it should be.
0: No, right? I agree. I just wonder what in you caused this without a second thought. Even now you're not even thinking about it.
2: Combination of how I was raised and um, and just, I mean, the the more you're trying to be like Jesus, right? The more you're helping other people, right? It mm. should be second nature, because that's what—that's all he did. Well, that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and that's what my grandpa taught me. That's
1: that's—it's just what it is. You help people. I would guess if it wasn't for how you were raised, you wouldn't have been on that boat to begin with. You would have been waiting for an easier job to do. Probably. <laughs>
0: that's a whole other factor. Yeah, that's really interesting, man, that um, you raised in a small country town in eastern Oregon, close to a, a grandfather who was a good role model to you, and you're a, you're a Jesus follower. So I think all those things kind of mesh together. I mean, this is what we're hoping for our men in the arena. We're hoping that these guys have in a, in, an innate understanding of who they are, and because they have went back to the heart and the essence of who a man is, they respond and react be- because it's part of them. They don't have to think about it. The ship is only seven minutes from going down. And if you don't have something innately built in and hardwired into you, you're a coward.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, Look, I don't know, man. I'm processing this.
2: Right. No, 100%. Well, okay. Okay. The thing is, bud, is that when this first, when the door slid shut in front of me and I got thrown into the th- into the stove and the table came down and pinned me right, right then and there, like it was my biological automatic reaction to accept my fate around me, yeah, and go off into the night, right? Like that, that, and that scared me. That scared the crap out of me. That's probably scared me more than anything ever has in my entire life. How quickly I accepted that I was just going to die, yeah. and like I was just going to lay there until it happened. And like that, I was like, "No!" I saw my wife's face. I saw my kids' face. I'm like, "They are worth fighting for, right?" And I, as long as I have breath, like I'm going to continue to try. Like if it if it would have been a metal door, I'd been banging on it until I couldn't bang on it anymore. Yeah, you know, like.
0: I think that's really good, man. I think you're a, a man's wife and a man's kids and a man's grandkids are worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that. In essence, that's what I hear. These what are, what do we have to fight for? I mean, if we're in the arena, you're you're not in there to sit around and be a cheerleader. <laughs> you're in there to fight. So, what is worth fighting for? And when a man understands that, it is a game changer. When a, and a, when a man is willing to fight, see, you saw the faces to fight for. But you had to make a choice to fight, one hundred percent. And it was when you made that choice that not only did you win, but everybody around you won. The captain won. Your two youngsters won. Your buddy on the hanging on the rope won. That was on the kayak thing. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I am saying? Yeah, yeah. So, well, how do you look at your wife different now? How do you how do you love different now? Is has there been a change <laughs> for you? There
2: has, um, and. My wife says that so you guys both know my wife. She is uh she is an amazing person. Um she she's not very she's not very lovey-dovey, right? So I I think I've become more more I don't know what's the word. I like I'm just so grateful to be here. Yeah. and be here with her and I appreciate her so much more and like and and Having not being able to do some of the things that I used to be able to do, and then just her stepping up and just taking that like I'm so blessed, man. It's it's
0: not even funny. When a man admires his wife, everything that's a game changer. Like we, I had an event in my life in about 2011 2012 when when I my relationship with my wife, I became her number one admirer. And when that changed, it's a game changer, right? And so your wife has stepped up because you've been incapacitated, and it's been a game changer for you. Do you you look at life now differently knowing that you almost died? Yeah, like every day. I don't know. I'm
2: extremely positive and extremely just happy, man. I'm here. I'm still here. I'm going to get to see my grandkids. I'm you know like I I I get to spend more time with my wife. I get to mm-hmm. spend more time with my kids. I get the things that made me happy before make me 10 times happier now. Just everything I know it's cliche but like the sun's brighter. Everything tastes better. You mm. know like just when when it's almost taken from you. Right? Like
0: you just appreciate it so much
2: more. It's I, I can't even explain it.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm asking you questions that I know it's hard to articulate because you're you're feeling them at such a deeper level than I am. But I'm asking them anyway because I want to kind of pull out anything I can to help our guys. Of course. What would you? What advice would you give any men? We've got thousands of men listening to this podcast from around 46 countries. I think the last time we counted. What advice would you give these men? who are listening right now about life and about love.
2: You will enjoy life so much more if you take a positive outlook on it. Like, I, I don't know if you make the conscious choice in the beginning of the day, the things are going to be good, right? That, that no matter what God's got, this God's in control. God has a plan and he, all things are going to work out for good. Right? Um, so so if that's your mentality, if that's where you've already set your mind, you've already won. Because no matter what comes at you, mm. you're going to be able to handle it. You're going to be able to deal with it. You'll be able to put a, a positive... It, you're not going to let yourself be able to sink into that depression, that despair, whatever, that that brings us down and handicaps us and makes us so we can't accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Like mm. I, I was just reading an article yesterday about how thinking positive and thinking negative actually rewires your brain in different ways Hmm. like if you're always thinking bad bad things are going to continue to happen you're always going to see things in a negative light just like um if you're thinking about a yellow car all of a sudden you start seeing yellow cars all over the place like
0: it, it completely rewires your brain if you're stuck in that negativeness wow that's really interesting well do you have anything else you want to say to our guys who are listening listen,
2: uh, God is good. He has a plan. Um, uh, when I learned to give up that control and give it back to him and not keep taking it away, my life changed forever. Yeah. And, and I, I hope that, uh,
0: the people listening can can figure that out quicker than I did. Yeah. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, we have that. We, we have a lot of these guys come in and want to create this theology around God. And I'm just like, man, it's really so simple. If you want to be the best version of the man that God's called you to be, the only way to get there is by radically giving your life to the God who made you to walk in that best version. It's pretty simple. It's simple math, guys. It's well, not about saying I'm a Christian. It's about radically devoting yourself to Jesus Christ.
2: Jesus Christ said two things. Love God and love others. Everything else falls in that.
0: Yeah. Just just step into your best version. And and that comes into sacrifice, loving others, uh, You know, letting the youngsters run out first. Uh, letting your buddy who's hanging have a life preserver, pushing the captain off, getting him out of that tangled uh, fishing pole nest, uh, rat's nest there, and uh, uh, living life that Christ would want you to do. So, so thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, partner. And I was I was concerned this close after the event that it would be tough, but you did a great job, man. Thank you, Bud. I, appreciate I really it. appreciate that. And so, and you keep calling me Bud. I keep going back to my high school days of fast times at Ridgemont <laughs> High. Hey, Bud. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for taking the time to share your wisdom, experience with us, and with our men in the arena, and for being a man yourself, man, and uh, for uh, for those heroic acts that you didn't even notice. So, hey, guys, uh, your boots on the ground moment for the week. Uh, your action step, your assignment that we want to give you is this: I want you to find one thing that you will do to express your love for your wife or your children uh, every day and, and guys make it really simple as Corey is, has has uh, kind of cha- had a perspective change after this experience i want you to make just a simple one little simple change to how you love your wife or your children it may be as simple as saying i love you for a lot of you guys Uh, I had one man said he told his three sons he loved, three kids he loved him, and they they thought he was going to trying to commit suicide. They were so concerned because he hadn't said it in years. So maybe for you it's as simple as just saying I love you every day or making your wife a cup of her favorite coffee or kissing her every day when you leave to to go to work or or sending one affirming text a day to someone that you care deeply about. I I really don't care what it is, guys. But what one simple thing will you do daily to express love to those that you love? We'll also post the the boots-on-the-ground action item in our weekly equipping blast. Sign up for it today by going to menintharena.org and we'll send it along with an electronic version of our field guide, a 365-day bathroom book for men. Arena Men, you've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. We have some amazing resources. We want to help you in your journey to becoming your best version. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast. Also, join the Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum for men with men from What is it, 85 nations on that forum right now? Also, you can sign up online, like I shared earlier, to receive our weekly equipping blast, and we'll send you that PDF version of my bathroom book. Guys, until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. Pull your buddies out of the boat. And
1: be a man. This
0: is Dale and You've been listening
1: to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world on our closed Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. In our passion to help all arena men, we're offering an excellent free resource when you visit our homepage at meninarena.org, Simply give us your email and we'll send you a free PDF version of Jim's book for men called The Field Guide, a bathroom book for men. It's a daily study of manly words in the Bible explained with great stories. Thank you for listening to this episode the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, thank you for joining men in the arena from around the world who are becoming their best version. And remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins